Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Axiom Principle. I am your host, Dr. G. Uh, it's been a while since I've done a blog post or, or podcast, and uh, I apologize for that. Um, main reason, um, I've been sick. So my whole family has been sick, and everybody in the house has been sick. So me getting out to do much of anything, getting up out of bed, has been a challenge. And so, <clears throat> and I still have a little bit in my throat, so if I cough or sneeze or yeah, it sucks not, gross, I can't help that. I'm just not feeling 100% still. But uh, I wanted to move forward with at least doing this one and getting another episode out because uh, I finished a, a section of research that I've been doing regarding what uh, most people perceive as a as a uh, conspiracy theory. And uh, I, since I've completed a lot of the research, I'm actually still reading some more into it because there's so much on this subject. Um, but from what I've gathered so far, I, I wanted to uh, present my current findings and where I'm going to take it next. So uh, as you could probably tell already that, from the title, that uh, I've been looking into Marxism and in particular cultural Marxism. The reason for that is uh, a lot of the YouTubers and, and blog posters and podcasters that I've seen that are anti-SJW or anti-feminist, or anti-anything that uh, goes from that, what they typically do is say, wait, 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 that's Marxist. You can't, you can't be like that. Why are you quoting Marxism? And uh, that's horrible and atrocious. Well, I question that. Is it really? Are these quotes actually Marxist? Are they being Marxist in some way? Is there arguments truly of a Marxist ideology. And then furthermore, I wanted to get a better picture of what Marxism is in general. I mean, I remember what I learned back in high school, you know, with the history lessons and whatnot of the Soviet Union and their communist uh, regime, Marxism flourishing out of that and in, in, in a bunch of other places, and uh, the Frankfurt School of Thought and Philosophy. But I was really curious as if any of that still exists today. And if it does, then what, what does that mean for all of us? Why should we care, as it were? And so I dove into it, um, head over heels, and I'm going to present some of my interesting findings. Uh, for first, the one, you know, you just got to start somewhere. So I did a quick Google search and found some Wikipedia articles and Rational Wiki, actually. Um, the thing I found interesting about the Rational Wiki um, page is uh, the way they framed it seems to almost... Um, cast a uh, cynical, eerie cloud against it um, to say it's a bunch of bullshit and it doesn't exist. And uh, on the on on the links all over here, some call it a conspiracy theory, and here's the people that call it a conspiracy theory, and it's just a bunch of crap. Well, you know, conspiracy theories are often deemed 
to be uh, unreliable. They're deemed to be uh, largely insidious. And uh, the problem with that is Um, not all conspiracy theories are made equal. Conspiracy theories can have a, a grain of truth to them based on um, maybe uh, not anecdotal evidence, but hard evidence and, and attributes to the claim. Um, so, you know, some of the conspiracy theories, like, uh, for example, Here's a good one. The anti-vaxxer conspiracy is that anti-vaccin or vaccinations have been known to give people autism, and so there's a railroading against it. And uh... sorry, I'm trying to not cough in people's ear and just be annoying as hell. So I apologize for the stuff. But the, the conspiracy theory behind the anti-vaxxer has an air of truth to it. In fact, um, the reason why it does is because they found a correlation. So there was a correlation in one person's study. It's only one person that ever produced anything that caused this entire movement of retardation. But what they failed to realize is that correlation does not equal causation. So there's a slight error of truth that they found that people with autism may are, are more likely to be vaccinated than those that aren't. The problem is that everybody gets vaccinated. So their assumptions were based on a correlation that had nothing to do with causation. Um, they, you dive further into it and you see the whole holistical bullshit. Well, it had an error of truth in it. The error of truth is there is a correlation between the two, but not a cause that was linked between the two. So they, they jumped the gun and assumed, right? Uh, and many other conspiracy theories have a similar to small grain of truth that exists between them, uh, between the conspiracy theory and actual reality is what I mean by that. Um, so in the one that I'm going to talk about, the cultural Marxism is considered, con, considered a conspiracy theory. Um, where it starts to go left field, I'll point out exactly. But let's dive into it a little bit from the rational wiki side. But first, let me respond to this SJW trying to say rape is consensual because they're stupid. that interruption, but uh, somebody is trying to accuse me of rape, and I told them to go fuck themselves. Um, anyways, so cultural Marxism is a 
has two aspects. First, let's you know the cultural aspect will glaze over for now. The the bigger part part of it is the Marxism part, and the reason why this is so important is uh, you look at the Marxism part first, not because it's the later part and the root of the the whole problem, but it's it's the application of Marxist ideology into cultural norms or cultural behaviors. So uh, let me let me read the first things that is in this that really just bugs the hell out of me from Rational Wiki because I don't think they're on par with this at all. So first, it's an extremely uh, first extremely rarely cultural Marxism refers to the general application of Marxist ideology and or critical theory to social sciences. So critical theory, you got to dive into Marxist um, philosophy to understand it. Um, but essentially, it's, uh, it's a black and white class war thing. Um, I invite you to go look up what Marxism is in general. Read the Communist Manifesto if you really want to rot your brain. Um, actually, I recommend to read it anyway so you'd understand the notion. But the second piece, about 99.9% .9 of the time, cultural, cultural Marxism is a snarl word used to red bait anyone with progressive tendencies. It alludes to the conspiracy theory in which a sinister left-wingers have infiltrated media, academia, and sciences and are engaged in a decades or century-long plot to undermine Western culture. The conspiracist usage originated in Nazi Germany called uh, cultural Bolshevism, was abused uh, by a political opponent and essentially, this is where it goes kind of funky. Uh, the Nazis decided that Bolshevism was a Jewish plot, so they blamed the Jews, like, immediately. It's this Jewish plot to take over um, Germany at the time, which was then the Nazis, and another reason to slaughter Jews, I guess. Was the, the outcome... And this is where it gets fun. So right now, the way that it's being used is not the same as the way they're claiming. But in the Rational Wiki, it says, if anyone rants about cultural Marxism taking over the culture, feel free to remind them that they are literally spouting Nazi, Nazi propaganda updated for the modern era. So in other words, don't accuse us of being cultural Marxists, is what it says. Well, let's, let's look into that. So let's take the first piece, the extremely rarely, because it's not used as 99.9% of the time, meant to insult progressives, the left-wing conspiracy that originally was from Nazis, as they put it. Well, I didn't buy that. Let's look at the first one. Cultural Marxism refers to a general application of Marxist ideology and critical theory on social sciences. That's what it sounds like to me. So if you look at the social sciences, which sociology, um, gender studies and um, cultural studies and then apply a Marxist ideology to that, well, it doesn't hold any weight. So I did some further digging and uh, there's a bunch of pieces out here. Cultural art. Uh, here's the one from The Guardian. Oh, yes, we know how much they're accurate. 
Cultural Marxism, a uniting theory for right-wingers who love to play victim. So right-wingers are claim, claiming cultural Marxism because they are crying victim, victim uh, on loss of whatever. So let me read this first little paragraph real quick. What do the Australian columnist Nick Carter video game hate group Gamergate Norwegian mass shooter Anders Breivik and random blokes on YouTube have in common? Apart from anything else, they all have invoked the specter of cultural Marxism to account for things they disapprove of. Things like Islamic immigrant communities, feminism, and her opposing leader, Bill Shorten. What are they talking about? The tale and the telling of the theory of cultural Marxism is an integral to the fantasy life of the contemporary right. It depends on crazy mirror history, which glancing reflects things that really happened only to distort them in the most bizarre way. Well, I don't agree with that either, but clearly, you know, the, this religious ideology likes to point out that if you're disagreeing with them, you call them a cultural Marxist, then all you're doing is bringing up a boogeyman. And it's, it, it almost sounds like a defense that you would see for the Christians to say, you know, well, the atheists, they just claim this, and obviously they're full of shit. So uh, just shrug it off because they're just, they're just saying things that they don't approve of. They reject God. For example, a, a Christian may point to us and say, well, you know God exists, you just hate him. And I'm pretty sure all of us have heard this in the atheist community at one point or another. Well, you just, you just understand that you agree with women's equality, but you hate feminism, and you're calling it cultural Marxism because you hate it. Sound familiar? Because that's, I've heard that one personally, and it's utter bullshit. But let's continue. So here's another one. This is from yourdictionary.com. This one I think is a little bit more reliable, sort of. So it says cultural Marxism, and it's a noun, uncountable. Marxism culture, a loose Marxist movement seeking to apply critical theory to matters of family composition, gender, race, cultural identity within Western society. Okay. Well, that sounds pretty interesting, I think, and that's what I'll roll with. At least I found a definition, finally, which was challenging in its own right, but... um, Let's skip to a little piece um, from a book written in 1888. And this book was um, written by a very special person, in fact. Let me, uh, let me pull it up real quick. I got it on my Kindle. And um, first, let me read you the author, the author of this book is Frederick Engels. If that doesn't sound familiar, Frederick Engels, if you look up Marxism, was the founder of the Frankfurt School. Him and Marx were both, Karl Marx were both responsible for making Marxism a working philosophy. Okay? Keep that in mind. Both of these, you know, had something to do with, each, with it, 
And more importantly, what I'm about to read to you is directly from the Communist, Communist Manifesto. And if you, if you grab the, the title page, Communist Manifesto, Manifesto, from the English edition of 1888, edited, edited by Frederick Ingalls. So I'm reading the original one in English by Frederick Ingalls. This is a public domain book, so it's free. You can grab it yourself. Oh, come on. Skip forward, stupid touchy thing. Uh, my Kindle app is being special. Let me reopen it. Let's see if it allows me to forward. Okay. Now it's working. Or not. I just went to the main page and it locked up on me for some reason. So, Okay, I didn't even get to page. It's on page three. Okay, so the bourgeoisie historically has played the most revolutionary part. And if you're curious to what the bourgeoisie is, it's the middle class, typically referencing to perceive the materialistic values or conventional attitudes. So these are the capitalists who have the most wealth, who have the means of production. Um, in our society, in the Western society, we could call them the 1% that would lead this. That's what they're talking about here. And uh, I can't help but look at that. So you, you would think the bourgeoisie historically has played the most revolutionary part. So you're talking about the middle class with reference to its materialistic values. And so if the middle class has played the most revolutionary part, which is, you know, kind of true. They're the ones that usually stand up against dictatorships and against crazy people, right? It's the social class. And particularly the ones that came in power during the, like, Industrial Revolution and so on and so forth. So we're really talking about the middle class of all Western society. But it goes on to say, the bourgeoisie, wherever it has got the upper hand, has put an end to all feudal patriarchal and idyllic relations. It has pitilessly torn asunder the motley feudal ties that bound man to his nature, natural superiors and has left remaining no other nexus between man and man than naked self-interest and callous cash payment. It has drowned the most heavenly Exact, I can't even say that word. Ecstasies, excuse me, of a religious fervor or chivalrous enthusiasm of Philistine sentimentalism in the icy water of egotistical calculation. So, whenever the bourgeoisie has taken power, got the upper hand, and has put an end to feudal, patriarchal, and idyllic relations. So whenever the masses, the people take control, they put an end to those things. In our current society, the feudal is the establishment. 
It is the 1%. It is the people that own everything. Feudal usually means those that have wealth or those that inherit wealth. These would be, back in the day, they would be your barons and baronesses, the ones that owned the land, the ones that would milk you until you were dead, and you would pay taxes to them because you'd be working their lands, right? This is theirs. You do not own this. So feudal lords back in the day, in other words, usually family members. Today, it is those that have versus those that have not. Talking about the establishment. Patriarchal. In other words, the patriarchy. Right? And this is where I'm going to get into feminism. The big boogeyman, the patriarchy has been shut down by the bourgeoisie, the middle class, the working class. Idyllic relations, these are, these are, um, let me put my candle out of the way. These are the uh, picturesque, attractive, uh, I don't know how to put it exactly. These are the, utopian dreams of those that were in power. But when the middle class take over, they they quickly snuff that out. The, the utopian dream of the feudal upper class, they destroy it. Of course, he's, he's also, if you read more into it, it, it gets really weird. But, you know, that gives us a little bit further information on what, what they're talking about. So I'm going to reference back to the Wikipedia a little bit. And um, in here, cultural Marxism, parlance refers to conspiracy theory, which sees the Frankfurt School as a part of a movement to take over and destroy Western society. And the original ha- term had a niche academic usage within cultural studies where it described the Frankfurt School's objections to the forms of culture as it saw having been mass produced and imposed by a top-down cultural industry, which they claimed was able to cause the reification of identity, alienating individuals away from developing authentic sense of self, culture, and class interests. So I'm going to full stop right there because it gets into Further, this is where it came from. L- let me let me point something out to you. Uh, look at any of the um, identity politics going on right now. They erase your personal identity when you're speaking out against it. It's always, for example, let's look at the Black Lives Matter movement. It's always about the black man. It's always about the black woman. It's always about our culture, our history. If you, if you don't agree with them, they ostracize and excommunicate you and call you a coon and Uncle Palm and what have you. So you're kicked out immediately into an outgrouping. You don't believe with us, we kick you out. Similarly, do religious people do that? If you don't believe the same as we do, you do not favor the Allah, you're dead. We'll kill you. I kill you. That doesn't work well in reality. So I say that a lot. I need to fix that. When, when you dive into the cultural Marxism, as it's claimed to exist here, what you notice is a lot of the things they're saying that are just conspiracy theories are actually manifesting 
in very disturbing ways, almost to point out that, no, this really isn't a conspiracy theory. This is actually happening. The reason why I pointed out the patriarchy and the put an end to feudal, patriarchal, and idiotic relations, well, the big boogeyman that the feminists often put forth is the patriarchy. Men own everything, and men keep women down. In one of, in my YouTube video, I point out the patriarchy being claimed in evolutionary psychology because men are the one doing the discoveries, and these feminist psychologists need to make an alternate theory, which does not align with reality, and then they push it forward because men can't be right. Well, the patriarchal society they think they're pushing down, they're actually pushing nothing but their own agenda forward. And basically, what I've noticed, at least from reading the Communist Manifesto, various things claimed in cultural Marxism and any points of cultural Marxism, it is a very political, political philosophy. And the, the fallacy that I've noticed the most is, is not a genetic fallacy, but it is a very black and white fallacy. There's only two exist. The, patriarchal exi- the patriarchy exists, or it doesn't. But if you disagree with me, then I'm going to ostracize you and destroy you because it exists in my mind. I can prove it. I'm a woman. Well, okay, I'm not a woman, but their claim is, you know, I'm a woman, and therefore my views, be it entirely subjective, suggest men are keeping me down in some fashion. Well, that's just not necessarily true. But this is where it gets fun. I'm not going to say that patriarchy doesn't exist. I actually think it does. The problem is the places it exists is not in the West. I think I've said this before, that the, the places it does exist are all entirely Abrahamic religious organizations. For example, no woman in the Catholic Church can hold the priesthood. They can only be nuns married to the Lord. When you give yourself to nunnery, you're marrying Jesus. You're not actually a priesthood holder. You're a servant to whatever priests are there. But it's, it's presented as a falsehood. So this is the opposite of the axiom principle, where this one's claimed to be a conspiracy theory, when in actuality, it's, it's more possible than people think, I think, realize. So let's get further into it a little bit. So we, it's the, the political part of it, the Marxism, is a, place, is a socialist regime. It's a, dedicated to communism. And oftentimes what has to happen in this is the class struggle creates a dictatorship over the middle class, the working people, until a classless society can be achieved. That's what they want. But in these movements, they've, effect, they've effectively brought out every distinctable attribute that defines a human being, turned it into a class. And 
subjectively enforce their belief based on the, the perception that these classes exist and then try to turn it into like a spectrum trying to erase the class. Well, that may work in a social environment where it's all focused on um, consumer demand, like the middle class, the lower class, the poor, the, the homeless, and then the 1%. To make a class of society there, what you have to do is equal opportunity and equal outcome. Um, and that's exactly what feminists demand, ironically. In Marxist theory, the class of society is equality of outcome, not equality of opportunity. In the capitalist position, equality of opportunity makes an unequal outcome, making not all people equal, right? Because one person's opportunity missed is another person's opportunity gained. That's, that's what happened to Steve Jobs with Microsoft versus Apple. He had an opportunity. He was kicked out because they didn't like his attitude. And uh, at least that's what I think. There's, there's a lot of speculation there, but who knows? And, you know, that whole thing sparked Apple versus Microsoft, but it was not, it was, they both had the same opportunity, but the equal outcome wasn't the same. One's a lot bigger than the other. Apple finally found their niche, though. They were suffering until the iPod. It was a brilliant move, I think. Anyways, um, when, you, when you go into this Marxist piece, um, this push to equal ground and equal footing, it has just eerie comparisons to reality in just a few movements. And these movements are the ones that are being pushed in academia. It, it's not based on objective reality. It's based on subjective interpretations of reality, which makes it not true. It makes it half truth or part truth because it's not true for all. So getting further into uh, the point of this, blog, this podcast, there was one piece that I made then I'm going to continue on and do a lot of more research on. I'm going to expand it. I'm going to make some YouTube videos about it. I'm going to post, like, I'm going to split it up into, I think, three um, blog posts. So if I try to link them all together, kind of keep it coherent and add pieces here and there. There's, there's a model of Western cultural Marxism that I created. At the core of it uh, is feminism, and I'll get to that in a second. The second layer is the social justice belief. The third layer is the uh, extremists or zealots, the ones that we see acting out the most on this ideological freight train of stupidity. But let's, let's talk about the core real quick. So this, this post about cultural Marxism, um, the first piece, I'm going to give you a little sneak preview to the stuff I found about feminism and focusing on it. I can't help but notice that in feminist theories, they present hypotheses that aren't true, and then they push it forward and find any reason to try and keep it objectively possible, regardless of 
studies that showed the exact opposite. Um, Dr. Peterson, uh, who's become recently famous by refusing to use stupid people's pronouns, um, has pointed out in an in a interview that the social theory, the social hypothesis that they present saying that gender is a social construct is completely demolished in a gender equal society. Um, and there are countries that are gender, gender equal, they have equal opportunity. Um, and they notice that women tend to want to be more home care, more um, children oriented, um, take on roles such as teaching, uh, medical, that type of thing, where men take on the more challenging roles of uh, leadership, of business, of um, <laughs> construction, which is physically dangerous, but rewarding, oddly enough. It's pretty fun. Um, and that in a free society that has equality of opportunity, they men and women naturally progress toward these roles. Their argument to try and counter this is, well, they have laws there where if a man and woman have a baby together, the woman can have a year off in maternity leave, but paternity leave, the guy only gets a month. Therefore, uh, not have a gender equal society. To which I say, are you fucking stupid? That is gender equal. It's been found that men went to the job faster. Women wanted to stay home with the baby more. When that happens, the laws reflect, or they're, you know, these are not laws, but they're regulations. Not regulations can be laws, I guess. But um, either way, the regulations and laws reflect society's desires, not impose. A decision on men and women because it could be equally switched. The woman could go back to work. The man could um, quit their job or stay at home. And that's completely possible in a gender equal society. There's no reason why to say that they couldn't do that. It's just the fact remains that that's what happens. And they tend to try to get the child established, learn how to potty train, all that fun stuff before they put him in daycare and go back to work maybe. If they decide to, most of the time they quit. Like my wife, for example, was working up until our first, uh, our second child, and then she decided to stay home because she could. So what I had to do was double my earning potential. Um, and part of that ended up being doing these podcasts so I could earn more money so I could put my kids through college. My wife, on the other hand, I insisted she at least get a bachelor's degree, if not a master's degree, so that she could make money on the side when she felt like it and work from home. And she wouldn't have to leave the life that she chose to have. I've encouraged her, actually, to go get a job, and she didn't want to. So this whole equality of outcome is retarded. Oh. Crown and Coke is good, by the way. Just going to share that out there. Side thought. Anyways, the um, feminist core. The thing I'm going to tackle first in my next blog post little sneak preview and hint to what I'm going to be talking about. The core of feminism 
is that the patriarchy holds people down, men rule everything, and um, I can't help but notice in the Communist Manifesto that the middle working class, whenever they get the upper hand, has put an end to patriarchal and idyllic relations and feudal relations as well. So to get a little political this year, Trump won the presidency by a vast majority because the people get to decide, the middle working class. So this whole political correct identity politics uh, politics retardation that has infected our society lost and lost big. And you can tell they lost big because they took to the streets, set shit on fire, beat people down, and acted completely uncivil. They acted like spoiled little children that got their toys taken away from them, which is entirely true. They got put in their place because he's going to appoint a bunch of retards. I don't support Trump in any short sense of the matter, but what Clinton represented was more than just corruption, corporatist greed. As um, Kyle Kolonsky says on his show, she represents a lot more than that. She represented the head, if you want, of the feminist movement. Her glass ceiling celebration that she lost, for example, in the glass roof, surrounded by feminists, all crying because she got her ass kicked by the Electoral College. And let me put that into perspective to you. The people that voted in key states, because that's the way our Electoral Colleges work, is the key states, the swing states, are the ones that decide, and that's by population. She may have won the popular vote, which is a great argument to say that, see... She's not representing the feminist movement to put down the patriarchy. The fact of the matter is, she's a corporate shill and represented feudal arrangements that lost millions of their jobs on shit she voted for. Trump is as big as a piece of shit that he is. <clears throat> is the antithesis of everything that the politically correct movement has put forward. Going back to the Communist Manifesto, when the people take charge, they put down systems that oppress them. Well, identity politics that started doing thought policing is something that that needs to be put down. Even the Christians didn't like that, ironically, because they were being silenced and spoken over by the political correct cloud that would trample on people's speeches and try to take over rallies. And in fact, they did take over some rallies and they deplatformed people and they shut people up, which is exactly what a totalitarian movement would do. A communist movement would do. Silence dissent, move forward, with the ideal, outgroup or outcast anyone that doesn't agree or agreed at one point and now doesn't agree. Kick them out. This, um, this piece, the core, and the way it has infected everyone is it once had purpose, and now it has not a purpose. 
at least in Western culture. But that's where it thrives, which is ironic because, as I've put it before, the patriarchy does exist, just not here. If you want to see a true patriarchy, go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, on my YouTube channel, when I go over the same thing, I'm going to cut this up a little bit, but I'm going to talk about the core of my model here. I'm going to play a couple clips for you, so I'm not going to spoil it here. I'm going to put it up on YouTube, and I'm going to demonstrate exactly where this patriarchy exists and rub it in the faces of those that claim that the patriarchy is controlling Western civilization, and then show some pictures, you know, do a nice comparison. On the flip side of the feminism, the men's rights activists, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because they don't really follow or contain therein the same ideological, ideological structure that the feminists have, have developed. They've socially infected so many people that men and women on any side of the fence that identify as feminists um, suddenly fit into this culture where the preface is equality for women but demand the equality of outcome where it's not just equality for women it's domination by women Hence the glass ceiling, having a woman in office, having a woman as president um, would have been the pinnacle of success for feminism. Um, As many women have said, any woman would have been fine, just not that woman. Why not that woman? Because she represents everything else that's retarded. Idyllic relations, feudal, she's definitely a feudal lord. Just look at the Clinton Foundation, the millions she's gained, grabbing money from Saudi kings and princes and doing a arms deal on the side for them, crazy motherfuckers. I, ironically, that's where the patriarchy exists. So I guess you could say she funded the patriarchy by offering them arms to maintain their regime. How does that float you? That's kind of twisted. So I've got about 15 minutes left. I've uh, covered a lot, I think. The uh, suspicion that I have that the cultural Marxism is driving us to ruin is that the cultural Marxism actually does exist. And it's not just this conspiracy theory. It's not labeled a conspiracy theory by the appropriate people either. It's the ones the ones that are being the ones that are the cultural Marxists are claiming that it's a conspiracy theory. The ones that want to deflect the most are the ones that are perpetuating it. And as you read in the one of the first articles that I pointed out from The Guardian of all people that uh, just remind them that this Actually, it wasn't The Guardian, was it? It was uh, Rational Wiki. Just remind them that they're literally spouting Nazi propaganda updated for the modern era. So right-winger is often associated to 
Nazis, which ironically is true because there is a split in between the both of them, the right-wing conservative crazies and the actual Nazis who are white supremacists, just nutbags, retards. And the... Uh, That split in between uh, is going to destroy them, which is fine. Just let them die. They need to die. But the left side, the one that's been pushing power for so long and intimidating everybody and actually has infected academia, has... Uh, lost its footing, as it were. I have about 12 minutes left, and uh, interesting enough. I have somebody that's calling in. Normally, I don't take calls on this show, but uh, I've ran out of material, to be honest, so... Why not? Hi, you're live Hello. on the Axiom Principle. Who is this? Hi, this is Sujet. I'm calling from California. Hello, welcome. Oh, thank you, thank you. I have to say I've been listening to your show, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Interesting. Um, but what I never had it. Do you approach. not agree with then? I <laughs> well, actually, it's not so much that I disagree. I'm just trying to, um, I guess, process and categorize the cultural Marxism um, identification that you labeled it with because it says a lot. Um, And there's a lot within, like you said, coming from different angles and and the stupidity (laughs) that comes with it. (laughs) There's there's too much stupid going around, and I, I tend to want to combat any form of stupid. If I have a prejudice, of all, of any prejudice. It would be against stupid people. I was once stupid, and I hate myself for it. (laughs) I know, I'm working on being tolerant and listening to stupid people. (laughs) But it's so, it gets difficult at times. (laughs) It it takes an infinite amount of patience, but every once in a while you want to smack yourself upside the head. Um, Uh So yeah, what part (laughs) did you not not agree with? Uh, Anything that uh, stood out as somewhat not comprehensive? Um, well, no, no. I, I did not not agree with anything part. Huh. I was just, like I said, working on processing the, the cultural Marxism label that you had mm. given it because um, it's very insightful. And so, like I said, I'm processing that as, as far as it makes sense. And so I, oh, knew okay. I thought I would just call. And <laughs> you sound, you sound young. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I get that a lot, actually. I'm, I hit 38 this year. I'm almost 40. Oh. Well, <laughs> definitely yeah, you're, there. you're getting there. Yeah, well, no, I mean, just at 30, you know, 35, 40, you're starting to come into years. Like I said, I'm close to 50. I'll be 50 next month. And, oh, um, excellent. And, and for you, a lot of people that um, I'm familiar with in my area that are around your age are just very clueless. <laughs> and and so it's it's awesome to hear somebody in touch with <clears throat> what's going on 
around it. Well, I try to I try to stay objective about it, which is why I'm actually asking you what what you might not agree with. I like to grow and learn whenever I have a chance to. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the whole reason I'm asking for critical feedback. I appreciate that more than I do the praises because the praise is, is nice, but I don't learn anything. You know. Hmm. Well, I probably. It's good to say, yeah, I'm doing good. Well, what can I do better? That's. Sure, sure. I would probably maybe, well, like you said, we need to. I, I need to slap myself on the head sometimes too, as far as this <laughs> calling people the <laughs> um, right. group, calling the entire group as far as the left and the right, and you know the uh, labeling of stupid or or whatever. Probably maybe more constructive, productive words <laughs> to use instead. <laughs> I know yeah, as far as being offensive. But if you, I think if you're going to gain more listeners into what you're actually saying so they can have a takeaway from it other than being offended and <laughs> tuning it out and going to another channel. <laughs> How's that? That's good. That's good feedback. Yes, definitely. The, um, the one thing I'd like to point out, I, actually, the ones that I find the most intriguing in the, in the other stuff, because I've read, I read a lot of the, the backyard studies that people, you see them on the news, a new study finds X, Y, and Z, and they misrepresent the study completely. I actually go back and read the study. I can uh, comprehend that crap now. It's probably from... Oh, you're, you're totally breaking up right now. I'm so sorry. I didn't catch I any of that. So um, I was talking about the studies that uh, you hear on like ABC or whatnot. A new study has found X, right? I, I go back and read those studies. Oh yeah. Or in in this case, I've I've gone back and uh, some of the stuff I wasn't able to capture on my blog, I haven't able to, been able to capture here, is I was reading some studies about uh, linguistics, the media, the current media, like small newspapers, um, journals, the the articles in certain like in us and today, and what mm-hmm. they've talked about is inserting communism and. PC culture and Marxism into their pieces, which has been a success for them. And the more I read about it, I'm like, this is what exactly cultural Marxism is. That's disturbing. <laughs> and and it's the back sure. studies that I don't get to cover here because they're very boring to most people. But it's it's pretty shocking. I, I'm gonna probably put that stuff on my YouTube channel. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Um, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of times, too, what they use in order, because the education system is so, it's just failed. <laughs> our people, are our children. And, and in doing so, these studies that they've done and, and, the, and the actual products that they use to study with or research items, you'll notice how simple they're written, how dumbed down the language is. Very seldom will you see large words used um, and it's and it boggles my mind as to why they wouldn't want to increase the person's knowledge when I read something if I don't understand a word or can't pronounce the word I'll go look it up yeah because I want to know what it is <laughs> I don't want to know what they're saying and um, but I haven't seen that in quite a long time in in newspaper and a lot of times um, if they do gloss over the word in the news um, it's just melded into something else because it's just so quick. It's like within a blink of an eye, and they're on to something else. So. I have noticed that in some cases, though, what they've done is the exact opposite, um, especially if they're 
public facing, for example. Um, the one that a lot of people like to pick on is Anna Sarkeesian. Originally, she put some videos out that were very um, high school-ish language mm -hmm. levels, right? Reading levels. And then you mm -hmm. look at some of her newer stuff where she's really pushing down the feminist rhetoric, and it she uses a, a large three or four syllable words that most people have to look up. Like saying mm -hmm. things like that guys, most people won't understand, and, and just she continues along with that rhetoric. And I wonder if she's trying to speak up toward people to make them think that she's more intelligent than she really is. And I've seen that in Sorry. a few others, but when I look at the research articles, I actually don't get to see that that much. They use dictionary words that I, I too have to look up, to be honest. I think it's possible that maybe she, if she does want to make people think she's intelligent, it may not be a bad thing because maybe more people there she's thinking will catch on and want to be intelligent like she is or use large sure. words and therefore they would have to research those words in order to learn them and know what they mean. And so they're now on her train as far as moving up <laughs> and educating, self-educating. I think they're actually mostly so, intelligent. You calling them stupid, it's kind of, you, you got a point there. It's, they're doing things and it's quite intelligent because it aligns with their ideology along with undermines rational thought at the same time. And to do something like that is actually pretty clever. If you think about mm -hmm. it, you have to make it cool. <laughs> exactly. I don't make things very cool. <laughs> I try to. No, you pretty much lay it on the line. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's what I try to do. There you go. Well, thank you very well, much for calling for in. I call. appreciate it. Yeah, I normally don't, and I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you very much for taking my call, and, and keep going. I'll listen next I, week. I, I definitely will. Thank All you right. very much. Oh, wait, Bye. wait, 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 wait. What was your YouTube oh, channel sorry. you were going to tell me? <laughs> oh, um, it's under my email address right now, but if you go on YouTube and search up, uh, let's see. Let's see if it works just with my title. I don't know. Oh, sure it doesn't. Um, let's hmm. see. That doesn't either. I'm not searchable. Well, that sucks. Do you have a um, title of a specific episode? So that way I could look that one up. It should come up under if you have them. Yeah. It, the, the title would come up if you, if you look up SJW Challenge Accepted. That should challenge accepted. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. There was Christy Winters, who I, I think is pretty intelligent, but she reminds me of somebody I, I rather loathe. I'm the first one on the <laughs> list, actually. She reminds me of somebody that I, I really don't like and I'd rather not mention, actually. But um, Okay. She pointed out a, a challenging article, and I went straight to psychology because I found that to be one of the cores that feminism has is, is, is adopted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As of late. And it really stems to the uh, cultural hypothesis, which I touched on in this podcast a little bit. So. Okay. Um, that must have been towards the beginning. But, yeah, no, I'm not in favor of feminism yeah, at all. <laughs> well, it, has, it had its merit, and it achieved greatness, and now it's uh, turned into something it was never intended to be. And now it's out of, 
Right, right. It's out of control. It's in the name of feminism now. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it could have some great merits if it focused on, I don't know, Saudi Arabia. Sure, sure. But here <laughs> in, in the United States, they, people use it in the name of feminism. This is this is because it's feminism or that's it's labeled, right. you know, in the name of. So, But, yes, there are some cultures, I don't know about feminism, but definitely um, individuality as far as their identity as a woman. But feminism, mm, that has a tendency to get extreme and can be taken uh, in, in wrong directions. But anyway, thank you for taking uh, my call. <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I think I have, I have 30 seconds left on air, but I'm just going to take this one next one. They've been holding for a minute. So it'll let me. Hi, you're on the air? Who's this? I'm just listening. I just tuned in. Are you going into overtime? I am, actually. You want to be a part of my overtime? I'll stick around and listen. Oh, and listen. I appreciate that. You don't want to contribute? Well, yes, but I I just dialed in, and I don't really know what you've been talking about, so I want to listen before I make any comments. But thank you for taking my call. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, so it says I'm still on the air, but, uh, yeah, this is the overtime show. I usually try to run, like, 10, 20 minutes after. Um, Okay, so what's coming up next for the next three podcasts um, and probably on my YouTube channel because I'm trying to develop that as well and in my blog um, on glennpickersdm.com. What I'm going to be writing is uh, I have a – it's a hypothesis currently. Uh, I'm going to work on it to see if it actually fits into a theory or not where it explains the current modality of the current religions. Because I'm still trying to find out if I can frame them in such a manner that makes sense. So – oh, it says I have 90 seconds. I guess I have more time than not. Um. Yeah, so I'm still trying to frame these pieces together, and I haven't quite laid out how to define them. Really, what I'm looking for first is how do you define a religion, and not by the textbook book definition. What I want to do is I want to define the attributes behind a religion so that we can identify any religion that crops up from any secular religion, which would be does not require a God, does not care about dogma or anything like that, but has some core tenets or core values that drive that ideology forward. And so this is where I'm going to try and bring cultural Marxism, the model, into it. I think there's a component there, especially in the secular section, that could be used to really align the, uh, the thoughts of a religion with the modal principles of the uh, of the new political spectrum, as it were. So um, I'm going to end my show real quick. Uh, thank you all for listening. I very appreciate it. Thank you for calling in. Uh, that was the first call I've ever accepted. I think I'll do that more often. It was kind of fun. 
Um, in the future, you'll see some more um, probably maybe after Christmas because it's kind of a crazy time. So thank you all um, for tuning in for the live stream. And uh, I'll see you in my next episode. All right, we're now off air. This is um, just recording my um, last bit. For those that are tuning in to the, to the end, this is what's coming up. Um, this framing of cultural Marxism, I have a theory. Uh, you can look it up on the blog. It's, it's not really a theory. It's more of a hypothesis at this point. I'm trying to frame it, and maybe it'll make into a theory of te- to try and explain how this stuff developed, why it's going crazy, and maybe I, I, I don't like to frame a problem without creating some solutions to solve it. So I'm going to try and do that, too, and that's where I'm having the biggest problem, actually, is trying to figure out a way to solve this craziness before it gets out of way out of hand and ends up sending us straight down a pit of apocalyptic nightmare, like we're talking civil war or worse. Um, as Jefferson had once said, once said that every now and again, the government can use a good revolution. Well, I, I, I disagree. I think we can solve things nonviolently. Uh, it's unfortunate that the anti-Trump people seem to think that pulling people out of their car and beating them in the middle of the street, calling them Trump supporters, is perfectly good to do, or setting fire to neighborhoods or killing cops or whatnot. It's, it's insane. This is violence that's not necessary. It's violence that should never happen either way. And all it does is feed rage. And so... Well, I'm still trying to tackle how feminism is pushed into the pathologies of the rest of these groups. I think it's the core at this point, because it seems to be pervasive in sociology, in gender studies, in academia, all over the place. I've noticed that on, for example, Black Lives Matter's website, after their first blurb about um, wanting to bring cultural awareness to the killing of Black people by white cops, making it a dichotomy of class by race, which is a Marxist ideology, I hate to say, that's very communistic. Um, If you read further down, they start talking about um, kicking men out and being a woman-driven society, and it's all about feminism in these groups. And I'm thinking to myself, that's, that's too coincidental to be not a causal relationship Correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, but in this case, is there something to it when they start spouting feminist ideological rhetoric on their website when they're supposed to be about race, which would have nothing to do with gender and has everything to do with skin tone and pigment, which is stupid to be fighting over in the first place. But um, here's where things get a little bit bizarre. While I'm trying to do this, what I'm going to do in my next one's is I'm going to pull up um, the next two sections. It's going to get more extreme. The next piece is social justice. I'm actually going to cover this a little bit, um, not from the curtailing and, and, just, and just calling names and calling them out for who they are and pointing out what and who social justice warriors are, 
because it's easy to label someone like that. But when you don't understand the concept, you could pretty much label any D-bag that's pushing forth far left ideologies down everyone's throat by calling everyone a sexist, everyone's a racist, and all that fun stuff, and just say, you're a social justice warrior, you need to shut up. And it's just, if it's, it's a derogative term, a pejorative. Well, I thought I'd break it down and, and make it so people understand why social justice is a Marxist philosophy. It's a core philosophy and what's wrong with it to really kind of break it apart. So that's going to be the next one. And the third one is about the extremist actors or the zealots. And these are the ones that have bought into it so vehemently that they have gone to extremes and put themselves in the limelight to demonstrate what's going on with the, the crazy ideologies and, and how you see it. And, and that's really where I'm going to next. Now, I'm hoping to have a guest on for the streamist actors and zealots. Um, I have a couple associates of mine, a couple friends that have been looking into this and might have something to say about it. Um, I'm going to see if I can't align them and bring them on. Um, also, um, I've been working with somebody uh, very closely, and I have, I have some announcements that have come out very shortly about a project that I've been working on. And so I'm going to bring it up on here and kind of point out where you can get information, get in touch with me or, or this group I've been working with to present the something to you. Can't tell you what it is yet, unfortunately, but that's coming up soon. And also, um, I've been doing YouTube videos as well, so it's not just the podcast anymore. Um, you actually just see my ugly mug speak to you, um, not necessarily live. Uh, you know, I, I put some work into it. I'm not very good at a, being a video editor or filmographer or anything like that. My, my background's IT, but I've done structural um, core infrastructure work for years, right? I, I don't do the creative side very well. <laughs> I hate to say it, but that's, that's true. Um, so more of that to come. Uh, the next couple, my next three core posts are going to be about the cultural Marxist model that I'm kind of dabbling with. I'm going to try and get some people to take a look at it and see if, if I'm framing it exceptionally well, and then um, maybe publish a paper on it too, coming down the future and pointing out how this um, thing that's deemed a conspiracy theory is actually coming to fruition in a very alarming and disturbing way. And the reason why cultural Marxism is a horrible idea and the reason why communism was never well-liked in Western society is because there's a section of it that requires the totalitarian dictatorship of the working class, meaning there has to be opportunity of outcome and not opportunity or um, equal opportunity, not equal outcome. That's what I was trying to say. And so that's that piece right there that, Equal opportunity does not equal outcome. That, that's, that's the communist way. Equal opportunity and equal outcome are feasible. Well, if there's always equal outcome, there could be no innovation because everybody comes up with the same thing. It's all even. It's all equal. Innovation, development, leaps in technology do not happen in a communist market. It just doesn't happen. Because everybody in a capitalist market is trying to get ahead of the other guy. 
some of us are just trying to make ends meet, go one one step at a time. Some of us trying to get just a bit ahead of everyone else, and that's where I sit, actually. Um, to quote my favorite philosopher, and I'll sign off after this, but the quote of my favorite philosopher is, the key to being immortal is to do something worth remembering. My favorite philosophy from Bruce Lee. He did something worth remembering. Most people remember his movies. They don't know that he had a master's degree, I believe, in philosophy. The guy was super smart, too. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to put my mark out there, and I think I want to make a solution to this, and that's going to be my contribution to society, to quell the social... Uh, ideological, Marxist, communist culture and supersede it with individualism that values integrity, that values knowledge and that values reality and objective reality, objective truth as the core tenets and values of this society. I actually am a little bit of a globalist when it comes to this, but only because I'd like to see everybody value reason, logic, and objective truth as much as I do. And eventually, you know, that we'll get there. It'll be like a, a Vulcan-type society or something crazy like that, but one of these days. So that's it for me. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I, I appreciate it once again. Uh, thank you for calling in. Um, that was, uh, normally the last few times I've never taken a call, but this time around, um, cause I had nothing left for my show, <laughs> I decided to do it and it was, uh, it was a lot of praise and I appreciate that very much. And thank you for giving me some words of wisdom to grow out of calling people stupid is a kind of a bit, a little bit of habit and I know where it comes from. So it's something I have to fix in my own personality. So that's it for me. Thank you, everyone, for joining me that did. And uh, I'll look forward to my next uh, podcast, uh, hopefully next week. Uh, depends on how far down the rabbit hole I get into the feminist rhetoric, the core of this philosophy. And then I'll show you my findings right now. I've got some pretty shocking stuff that you'll, you'll find out that's just how deep this rabbit hole goes and how true the cultural Marxist conspiracy theory is actually pretty valid. And no, it does not come from the Jews. But unfortunately, it seems to be at this point coming from feminism. Again, thank you all and uh, have a great night.